Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. has been defined as false evidence appearing real. I love that. So if you think about it, how many things that you fear have actually happened? Now, to be honest, there are some things that it's pretty rational to be afraid of. Fire, a car barreling towards you that doesn't appear to be stopping, being chased by a wild animal. But most of what we fear, like a relationship ending, has or will happen And somehow we survive. In the best of circumstances, we actually learn something in the process. But it's usually fear of the unknown that creates most problems. And so many people are wanting to just control events and and other people. And then if you could just do that, then everything in your life would work out just the way you want it to. But here's the problem. Others are thinking the same thing about you. They just want, they figure if they can control you, then everything will be fine. So if you're one of the many people who might be afraid of getting married because it might not work out, or if you're afraid of opening up and being truly vulnerable with your partner, then today's show is for you. Rachel Henke, the fearless transformation coach and best-selling author, is here to talk to you about the superpowers you can access to let go of the fear and take charge of your relationships. So, Rachel, thank you so, so much for being here and talking about this really wonderful topic, but a little kind of scary because it's a little, it's kind of an unusual take on the world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited. So, you know, the, the, what you know, what what caught me was this concept of a superpower because, of course, you know, we have all the Marvel movies and, you know, we have all these superheroes and we all kind of walk around thinking we're pretty just normal and that we don't have any superpowers. But you developed a series about superpowers. So can you talk a little bit about what they are and lay out the groundwork for why you think they're important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what it comes down to, Leslie, is that most of us have no idea how powerful we are. Mm-hmm. And all of us are designed in a way that we have an inbuilt operating system that gives us everything we need all of the time. Okay, now that's an interesting concept because I'm going, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, and, and I, so it's there, but how come we don't know it's there? Because there's a, there's this misunderstanding that's been going on for thousands of years where people think that their experience is created from the outside. Okay. I get that. Uh, that's, that, and that's to do with the control um, factor. So, so when we are constantly, when we have this misunderstanding that the way we feel is down to other people and what's happening out there, we're constantly operating in, in an illusion. So it's very, very difficult to, to have a clear understanding of, what, of what's really happening because it's like we're in this kind of virtual reality. Uh-huh. And 
you know, so that's kind of like aligned with the um, the superpowers and the movies. Right. <laughs> it's a little bit more <laughs> in that. But the truth is we're all living in a virtual reality because our experience is thought created. It always is. And so do you want to ask me? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, you because know, it's, this is a really interesting concept. And I've, I, part of the reason why I love doing this show is because I'll be reading, you know, I, I have my own way of thinking about things. And then I'll mm-hmm. read somebody like you or like Brene Brown. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy to think this way. <laughs> because this is, you know, and I struggled. One of the things that I learned a while ago with somebody else whose, whose work I, I discovered, a man named Terry Real, where he said, you get to choose, you know, your emotion. And I'm going, no, you don't. <laughs> and then, or you, you know, and then I thought, oh, no, actually you'll have a reaction. You'll have, you'll have some sort of feeling. You'll have like something will frustrate me or something will make me angry or something will hurt my feelings. And so you'll have that flood of emotion. But then at that point in time, I get to choose. Yeah. And when I wrapped my head around that concept, it was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not necessarily. That's okay. It's not necessarily. Yeah, I could I could not like something that my partner or my child is doing. But at that point in time, I now have 100 percent power over what happens next it's like oh my gosh (laughs) right yeah well well there's two parts to that there's first of all I'd, i'd say to listeners that this is words and it's really really difficult to explain the human experience accurately in words uh huh because (laughs) <laughs> because one one person's idea of what a word means is often different to another's, um, oh, is which is more the of the, yeah. the same. Yeah, which is more of the same. You know, we're living in our own kind of version of reality. Um, but also, it's just very difficult to go beyond to to explain in words feelings and the experience that happens beyond words. Uh-huh. Um, but with the with the you saying about the power, um, you have the power to not react. And to have and to understand that because somebody's behaving a certain way, it's nothing to do with you. Like we don't need to take it all personally. Each person is living their own. They're doing the best they can with the thinking they have in the moment. It's probably the best I can. Oh, I like that. I really like (laughs) doing the best I can. But I like because the thinking they have in the moment, because it's not. The thinking that they have globally, it's just right now, what I'm doing right now in the moment yeah. is my best. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, it's like I always think of um, in relationships, I particularly think of my my relationship with my two teenage daughters, because I think that's always a really interesting, uh-huh. <laughs> interesting uh, one going on. And how this understanding of how we're all living in our own thought created reality has really helped me is that I'm, I can be way more compassionate because I suddenly see that it's not about me at all. If my daughter's having, you know, um, having thinking in the moment that is insecure or, um, she's worried about something, she's, you know, she will react in a certain way that isn't, it doesn't really mean anything. It's just how she's acting that moment. 
And I don't need to then make a whole big story around what I need to do to fix her behavior. And this applies to partners, to everybody that we interact with. And I love that idea because I was just talking with somebody yesterday, one of my clients yesterday, and and this tends to be a male thing that – you know, when they see some, you know, in his particular case, it was his wife. And when when she's upset about something, may not having anything to do with him, just upset. He he takes it on that it's his job to fix it. And I went, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you don't want to add, you don't you don't want to make it worse. But it's not your job to fix it. That's she. You one, you can't, and two, that's her thing. Yeah. And he looked at me kind of like, well, what do you mean I'm not supposed It's like, no, you're not supposed to fix it. And that seems to no. be you know, like you talking with your daughter. If your daughter's having a bad day, it's not your job to fix it. Which no. is a parent is like, oh, my gosh, no, it is. No, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the problem with the fixing is it, it generally only makes the fixer feel temporarily better because they feel they're doing something. Mm-hmm. But. It doesn't mean that it's helpful or transformative in, in any way to the person who at that moment was just having some insecure thinking and that will pass too. And, and what I'm talking about the, when I say that our, we've got this human operating system that's already designed to give us everything we need is that our minds work in a way that when you just let them settle, they fix themselves. It, it's a little bit, I always think of it like a computer, Leslie, and I know we were having a chat about the... Um... <laughs> My computer issues, yes, before we got on AR, yeah. <laughs> so with a computer, it's like, you know when, when it gets jammed mm-hmm. and you've got too many browsers open? Well, usually what we do, because we're so impatient and we want to fix it, is we bash more buttons or at least <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one. Right? No, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> we bash your buttons, <laughs> and um, we we try to fix it. But what we don't understand is we're actually just putting more stress onto the system. Mm-hmm. And when we have, when suddenly we have the good sense, we could just call it, mm-hmm. to step away, <laughs> um, reset the computer. So many times, I'd say like 90% of times, there's no problem at all. Absolutely. So this kind of segues right into the first superpower that you talk about, and it's the superpower Mm -hmm. of giving up, which I love that. (laughs) Um, And so what does this have to do with with our desire to, to control things, to make the computer work, to fix our partner, to solve our kids' problems? You know, yeah. What, what? Talk a little bit about this wonderful superpower of giving up. Yeah. Well, what I was sharing in the podcast that I know was what you were listening to about the superpowers was that um, I used to think I had this this idea that giving up was for losers. Mm-hmm. So I would be, you know, a classic type A kind of. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get this done, and I'll find a way. And I'm just um, going to shove through this. Yes, I can say push through this. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's only through this fearless transformation work that I've had this real understanding of how 
humans operate. So it's not that I didn't have the experience of giving up sometimes in my life. It's just that I couldn't identify it. I didn't understand how it all slotted together and how it was a superpower and how it was always available to me. Uh-huh. So um, giving up is, and again, this is not a prescription, Leslie. It's not like a, you know, a three-step formula where, oh, you know, drive to the end of the lane. Um, you know, it's not, the, you're, you're not driving smoothly. So step two, give up. Right. It's like, it, <laughs> it's more of a, when you start to see these superpowers are within you all the time, you can always access them in the moment when you need them. Mm-hmm. So the giving up, an example of giving up for me <laughs> would be when um, when I've really tackled a problem and I can feel that my energy is low. Mm-hmm. I, I can feel that I'm not in an inspired space at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that sometimes it isn't helpful to push through. Sometimes we, we have a deadline. We just need to get some stuff done. Right. Um, and that's, you know, that's, again, you'll know that in the moment. But there's times where you just are not serving the purpose by trying to solve a problem from very tired, um, small thinking. Well, and I love I love that because you know a lot of people think in this day and age. Again, I was talking to another client yesterday, who was well. If I relax, if I'm just not not constantly doing, then I'm not productive. And it's like no, no, no. Sometimes you have to take a break. Sometimes you have to go for a walk, or sometimes you have to read a book, or sometimes you just have to listen to a piece of music, or whatever it is. And then the answer will come to you. And that's yeah. kind of what you're talking about, kind of, kind of giving, giving up in the moment. And, and, you know, this is one of the things I talk to my clients about all the time is that you don't, what you're searching for is the best solution, not necessarily the fastest solution. <laughs> you know, yeah. because I mean, people yeah. want, it's like, we, we need to solve this now. No, yeah. actually you don't. But it's, uh-huh. but it's being able to, to do that step back, give yourself that break that, you know, giving up. It's like, I'm tired. You know, my brain's just not functioning. Yeah. I, you know, whatever solution I come up with isn't going to be the best solution. Is that kind of what yeah, you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. It's like we have this space where ideas come into. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, you can you can say it's coming from wherever you want to, depending what the personal beliefs are. It really doesn't matter. But we're all connected to something bigger than ourselves. Uh-huh. And we all know that because these ideas just come in from nowhere. Uh-huh. And that's the wonderful gift of new thought. Now there's and a new thought is always available. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So new thought is always available to us, but when we're bashing those keys, mm-hmm. got all the browsers open, um, there's no space for a new document. <laughs> <laughs> You've been looking at my computer, Rachel. I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like, well, however that looks to you, it's like one of the really common examples is, 
you know, people having these amazing ideas in the shower. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to think, oh, you know, um, I need to have more showers, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that. It, it's, it's just you're allowing your mind to settle long enough and to just do something else so that your mind can do what it's designed to do, receive fresh thought. And I think one of the important things for people to remember is your mind can't settle when it's flooded with emotion. Yeah. Well, the way it works is our thoughts create our feelings mm-hmm. 100% of the time. So when we don't know that, we can get very confused and we start trying to manage our our feelings mm-hmm. because we think they're saying something real or true. And really, feelings are not predictive at all. They're just a sign that your head is really, really busy and full of fast thinking. Interesting. So this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking today with transformation coach and author Rachel Henke about the power that you have to take charge of your life and relationships. And if you're struggling with this, as most of us are, I highly recommend that you reach out. You can reach out to me, um, take advantage of my free no-obligation strategy session to get your relationship on track. You can reach me at leslie at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's L-E-S-L-I at foundationscoachingnc.com. Or you can give me a call at area code 919 and we can get you on the right track with your relationship and find your superpowers. So, because I love these superpowers. So continuing the conversation about superpowers and control, you talk about another superpower, letting go. So what is the benefit of that and how can somebody actually do it? Okay, well... Letting go is something that we all do all the time. Okay. But we don't, we don't, all of these superpowers, Leslie, it's not like I'm giving you something new that isn't already inbuilt in the system. Uh huh. It's just that we don't understand that we're doing it. We don't understand when we're doing it. So we get quite confused about, oh, that worked for me then. Wish I could feel like that again. But we don't quite know how it, right. <laughs> how it all works and how it comes from the inside. Uh huh. So, so it's about becoming more go. conscious about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, just starting to understand how your system, how your human system works. That's mm-hmm. what's so incredibly powerful about, about this conversation. And, um, the way I see letting go is, <coughs> excuse me, is um, not being attached to an outcome. Oh, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. But I want this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the thing with it, right? People can, people can carry on thinking that they are in control of everything. Uh But the reality is they're not. We're not in control of everything. And when we think we are and when we try to be, we suffer. Yes, that is absolutely true. And so, and many people, um, 
try to control even more. I always have that line in my head from Star Wars when Princess Leia is talking to Darth Vader and she's like, you know, the, the tighter, you know, the tighter you try to hold on to us, the more we're going to slip through your fingers. And it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. you know and, and, and I talk about, you know, this idea of how do you hold water or sand in your hand? You have to hold it loosely and gently. You can't clench your fist because then it just goes out. But mm-hmm. it, it's this idea that when I feel like things are, are, are slipping away from me, I tighten my control. I, t- I tighten my grip. So it's this concept of how do we, how, do, how does somebody let go of the outcome? Well, it's really an awareness. It's an awareness of, of starting to see how your experience works. Uh-huh which is about understanding that you're living in this thought created reality and that you can be you can be happy any time when you're not caught up in what everybody else is doing and how it affects your peace of mind. Uh-huh. So with the letting go, it's really I I see it as when you when you start to see that by not being attached to the outcome, you can just have a much nicer life. <laughs> it, it starts to make sense to you like the only reason humans do what they do is because they do they think it's going to serve them in some way they think it's helpful so when you shine a light on this and you start to to kind of show people that hanging on like you say you know trying to hold on tightly to stuff doesn't make it it doesn't have it stay with you or come to you any more than if you're letting go, just that your experience is a very difficult one. Because what wants to happen is going to happen anyway. Well, and you... Sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. Finish your, finish your thought. Well, it, it's, the letting go is really about... I see it as a kind of wonderful new space of adventure for you to play, to play in. And like you said at the beginning about the, the fear of the unknown... Mm-hmm. When when you start to see that these superpowers, the giving up, the letting go, um, the allowing, which we'll talk about, right, and really just understanding that everything come everything new and wonderful comes from the unknown. Yeah, there, there's a scary thought. <laughs> I mean, and you know, I mean, and and a lot of this is trying to understand that other people are experiencing the world differently. You're talking about that whatever's going on with my partner, whatever's going on with my child, tan- only tangentially relates to me. Um, it's their own experience, it's their own thoughts, and trying to control or direct it usually it doesn't work and and it's sort of like we we can create by our own fear we can create what we don't want to have happen if we are insecure mm-hmm. and by that i don't mean to label any of us as permanently insecure because nobody's permanently insecure right we just have moments it's of just it. Yeah. So so when we're insecure, we behave in in a way that is often not at all helpful because we're coming from our little selves. We're coming from our little ego filled space of fear and insecurity. 
And we think that controlling is the answer because we think we're going to keep ourselves safe by making sure that all the external circumstances or the people in our lives are doing what we think they need to do for us to be okay. Well, it, well, it sounds very uh, unproductive, uh, you know. Um, so, so in a way, so kind of what you're talking about kind of leads into this other, the, the last superpower that I want to mention is the superpower of allowing. And you describe this as, becoming at peace with what wants to happen. But that kind of puts it out there as opposed to, so how does that work with, well, I want this to happen and my partner wants something else to happen? Yeah. Well, when we understand that we we can't really control what's going to happen in the future because we have no idea. Uh-huh. We, we really don't know. We can pretend we know. We can have a good <laughs> guess <laughs> if it makes us feel better, you know, for that minute. But really, we don't know. So what I found <laughs> for people um, to be able to li- live in their peace of mind more, to be able to access their peace of mind, is to just understand how it works. How it works is we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're always okay. Because we have everything we need. And when something, when something, when a challenge is in front of us, we're wonderfully resilient. And, you know, like you were saying at the beginning about the, um, the fear uh-huh. and, um, you know, the wild animal and the, you know, there's things that we need to be afraid of. Um, you know, it is so true. Like you said, people live their whole lives like that as if there's a wild animal. Um, chasing them. The thing is, if a wild animal is chasing you, you're going to know what to do because you're built to know what to do. You're just going to run or you're going to stand still or you're going to do whatever. Right. Or you're going to climb a tree or you're going to do something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the problems are all in the space in between, which is when the space is not left in, left in its natural, um, beautiful kind of peaceful, condition which is where you can just relax and new thought comes to you when you fill it up with all this fear-filled thinking about what you need to do to be okay Uh you then are really not in a space of allowing right so you're pushing striving trying to you know some people are really trying to manipulate others and they think they often it's an innocent misunderstanding of how it works they think that they like, as I say, they're in this little space. They're thinking in a very small way because they can't see um, a bigger vision. They, they don't understand that we can't from this space now in this insecure thinking see enough about what might want to happen that could be way better than what you would like to happen just so you can stop thinking about it for 10 minutes. That's an interesting, that's a really interesting concept and I definitely understand it and try to help people get to the point of really we have now. We don't have yesterday and we, tomorrow hasn't happened yet. So (laughs) what we have, (laughs) what we have is now and how do we make the most or allow the most of what can happen now. And it, it really is this fear that, well, you know, if I, if I tell my partner what I'm really thinking, then they'll be disappointed or upset and my, 
my flip response to that is, you know, and the problem with that is what? I mean, who has the, who has the issue with that? You know, if, if your partner is disappointed, okay. I mean, <laughs> what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because your partner has probably disappointed, no, you have been disappointed in your partner. Your partner hasn't disappointed you. That's, that's not the, cause we get to choose. And then it's, well, why is that disappointing? Or what does that mean? And we, you were, you were talking earlier about the stories that we create around that. And the problem is, is we never check out whether those stories are real. We just act as right. if this is, <laughs> this is the truth. And, yeah. you know, and I'll ask my people, well, check in with your partner and, and your, and the partner will go, no, that's not what I was thinking at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly my point. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. you know, and so we, we do, we create these, constructs we create these stories and we never bother to go well is this how you feel and the person will say no or they might say yes and then the question becomes okay so if this is really how my partner feels then what do I do with that you know then I get to make a choice yeah there's, there's yeah there's a lot of different pieces to that in in that first of all Totally, yeah, people are living in their own thought-created reality. So if we never bother to check in with them and we just think what we're thinking is true, uh-huh. um, then, you know, we, we're we really living in that misunderstanding of reality. Because just because we're thinking something doesn't mean it's universally true. It just means it's our experience today in that in that moment. Um, the thing about, <coughs> excuse me, the thing about what the partner is thinking is again, they live in this reality too. So whereas, and I'm sure you can see this for yourself, Leslie, sometimes you have a situation where it looks really kind of dark to you Uh and you can't quite see how, you know, how you're going to deal with it. You know, a relationship issue, you've had some kind of... um, you know, I don't know, some kind of conflict with somebody and you don't know how to tell them something or have a conversation or something like that. Uh-huh. So, you know, in the morning you can feel really down and gloomy about it. Um, and sometimes it just completely fixes itself because you have that fresh thinking. You suddenly you step away from it and you suddenly see something new. Uh-huh. And so your partner's feelings are not also not predictive. Like they might have had a really crappy day at work. Right. And just be in a low mood. And that's okay too, because we can, what, what I love about pointing people in the direction of the superpowers is that we all have them innately, but we also have permission to be human. <laughs> we can be we can be in a low mood it's okay the marriage isn't going to end because you're in a low mood unless you go about your life acting on insecure thinking and low moods as if they mean something right because how i feel how i feel in yesterday isn't necessarily how i feel today or how i'm going to feel tomorrow and it and the cool thing about all of this is that we get to choose. Um, so, Rachel, can you tell people where they can learn more about the superpowers and how maybe they can learn how to tap into their own? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've got a, a free class at my website, rachelhenker.com. So that's www.rachelhenker.com. 
And there's um, there's a fearless class there, which is all about what we've been talking about with the um, misunderstanding of where our experience comes from. Um, and the superpowers are also on my blog as individual podcasts. And there is a live class coming up, which you can also find out information about um, on the website. So really, um, it depends when you're listening to this and, you know, what's available. But all of my work points to you having your own innate superpowers, having everything you need to be perfectly okay in the moment. And terrific. And I want to make sure that people understand that's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Henke, H-E-N-K-E. So that's right. So please, please go find because this can change your life because, you know, I've long thought that fear is the most powerful emotion, even stronger than love. And fear is what keeps us paralyzed and stuck. But the good news, if you've been listening to the show, is we all have the superpower to confront fear and create the life that you really want. So the question is, what fear do you need to face to have the marriage that you truly desire? And if you don't face it now, when will you? So hopefully you learned a little bit today. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.